All right, if you have your Bible, Psalm 42, Psalm 42, and we are so glad to be here. It took Brother, it took Brother uh, Colefield and I about uh, 42 years to hook up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call, he'd call me, no, I can't come that week. I'd call him, no, we got too much going on that week. And we went around for about 20 years, I think. <laughs> Finally got hooked up. Hope we, hope we stay hooked up. Y'all are such a blessing. So many friends here. Brother Steve Gregory, we traveled around the world with him. Romania, Brazil, Philippines, all points in between. Alabama. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we uh, heard about this lady the other day. She was... She was uh, walking down the street and she saw one of her old friends and she thought, that can't be her. She looks 30 years younger. So they stopped and talked. Sure enough, it was her. And she said, what, are you, what in the world are you doing? She said, it's these new vitamins. They reverse your age. And she looked at her little stroller. She's pushing a stroller with a little baby. And she thought, I don't want to ask, but could that be her baby? And she said, well, uh, what about the baby? She said, oh, that's my husband. He overdosed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, couple named Marv and Edith. And Marv wanted to take a helicopter ride, and Edith said, "You ain't you ain't getting on one of those helicopters. It's fifty dollars, and fifty dollars is fifty dollars." So he got on up in his sixties, still wanting to take a helicopter ride. No. You're not taking a helicopter ride. It's $50. That's too much. $50 is $50. They got about 85 years old, and he's up there pigeon forage, and he said, man, I sure would love to ride in one of them helicopters. And the old pilot heard him talking. He said, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. If y'all can get in this, in this helicopter and not say one word, I'll give it to you free. <clears throat> so they got in. The pilot started doing all of his didos and tricks and trying to, trying to make him scream. And he finally landed and he said, man, I got to hand it to you. You did not say one word. I did everything I, I could do to make you scream and say, say something. You didn't say a word. And Omar said, well, I started to say something when Ethel fell out. <laughs> but after all, $50 is $50. Watch it. Are you penny pinchers, you better watch it. All right, we'll try to preach in just a few minutes. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Verse 2. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? Verse 3, my tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your mercy, for our good friends and the good spirit here. We pray you bless. Uh, Father, thank you for the 
42 years you've given them your great grace upon them. Pray you'd give them many more years. And Father, we pray this morning or this afternoon our message might be a blessing. Fill us with your spirit. Guide us to say the things we need to say in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a businessman who had, he had uh, fish. He had an aquarium full of tropical fish and different types of fish. He was a, a very, uh, very busy person, so he didn't have family. And he thought of his fish sort of as uh, somebody to keep him company when he was home. And he said, one night the thermostat malfunctioned and the water overheated and the fish died. The next morning they were dead. And he, he said this, he said, I wonder if they were screaming in the night and nobody heard them. I couldn't hear them. I wonder if they were screaming in the night and I could not hear them. And uh, that reminds you of humanity, how they go through pain after loss, after loss, after trial, after trial, after trial sometimes. And it seems as though nobody can hear them. The spouse can't hear the screams and the church can't hear the scream. The family can't hear the screams and the world cannot hear the screams. And they're talking to David here. They're just saying, like, uh, where is your God? And his, he, he's crying. His tears have been his meat day and night. And nobody even seems to understand or care. And uh, he talks about in verse 5, when your soul is cast down. So my message is what to do when your soul is cast down. The word cast down is, a, is a, uh, it's an old English shepherd's term. Yeah. And when the, when the shepherd or the sheep would get in a soft place, uh, they would like to lay down in a soft place and it would sink down and then all of a sudden they would turn over to, uh, to uh, stretch their legs or whatever and gravity would pull them on their back and then they would be paralyzed. No traction, they couldn't get up and the vultures would begin to circle. And the only thing that, the only help, the only hope they had was the shepherd to come and lift them up. And... Uh, We'll look at what to do when your soul is cast down. Amen? He said in verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's looking inward. He's talking to himself. You've got to talk to your soul. Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. If you can ever see the face, if that sheep could see the face of the shepherd, he knew that he had help. Help was on the way. And we have to seek his face. You've got to seek his face. The help of his countenance. The last verse of this chapter says, he is the hope or the health, the health of my countenance. His countenance is the health of my countenance. My countenance will be totally changed if I can just see his countenance. But you got to look inward. You got to talk to yourself. The psalmist said, "Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord." We had a friend of ours. He said he was down in Louisiana, and he's in heaven now. But he loved to say he'd holler out. He's a pastor, and he hollered out all the time, "Bless the Lord!" And he said he he uh, slipped over. He he thought he was sneaking over to the Church of God in town to hear John Hagee, and he and he snuck across town. And he, he sat in the back of the church where nobody could see him. And he was hollering, oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And he got carried away. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And they turned the camera on him. And he said, oh, my God. Everybody in Lake Charles is going to know I've been here. Amen. But uh, he's saying, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. 
soul, you've got to praise him. You've got to look up and see all the 99 good, the 99 good things that there are about life compared to that one bad thing. Here's a person that wrote a, a uh, poem to their soul. Oh, soul of mine, rest and be still. Thy heavenly Father is thy refuge from all the ills of life. Take hope, O soul of mine. O soul of mine, drink from the living stream of love that flows by God's high throne. O soul of mine, be filled with joy in his presence. Let thy countenance shine as the sacred delight, or with sacred delight, stay thyself of God, resting in the bosom of Jesus. Let his, let his uh, perfect peace enter thy quiet spirit. Commune heart to heart with God of all grace and comfort. O soul of mine, thou hast in thy Possessions, the divine nature of Christ, a full faith, a firm hope, a fervent love. O claim his great and exceeding precious promises which can never fail. O soul of mine, be occupied with Christ alone. For though... All men forsake thee, he will not dwell always in the secret place of the Father's holy presence. O soul of mine, be forever satisfied with the favor and goodness of the Lord. Here's some ways to praise him a little more, to be more thankful. Number one, praise him before you get out of bed. Before the first groan. Before the first moan. Amen. Think of something to praise him about. Amen. And uh, then praise him. Uh, praise him before you get out of bed. Then, don't, then uh, <clears throat> number two, don't allow yourself to complain. Amen. The other day we were at a buffet. And they had, they had about 99 things on that buffet that were good. They even had sushi. I never get any amens on that one. <laughs> oh, sushi. They, but they brought this platter down the aisle. You could smell it. They said, this is what we're going to add to our buffet. Would you like some? And we, we said, yeah, free chicken. Come on. But we... All of a sudden, we started smelling something. And I thought, I'm not going to complain. There's 99 good things in this buffet. I'm not going to complain about that. But it smelled like uh, <clears throat> it smelled like it had uh, been in the chicken house, rolled through the chicken house, and stomped by a couple of cows. <laughs> and they put it on a plate. But uh, fine, nobody could eat it. We couldn't even stand to smell it. But I thought, I am not going to complain. <laughs> I'm going to just praise God for these 99 good things on the buffet. And they said, would you like us to take that away? Yes, please. (laughs) Don't compare your your life to others. 
You can't be thankful if you're jealous of others. God made you individual. He, he has given you an individual ministry, an individual talent, personality that only you can reach certain people. Only you. God has designed you different than anybody else. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Well, their car is bigger than mine. Their church is bigger than mine. They're a better preacher than I am. No, don't compare yourself with others. Amen. He saved me. Saved me from hell and I can't figure out how to praise him. Gave me a wife for 40 years. I can't figure out how to praise him. Gave me a, a new day to get up and praise him and live for him today. Gave me another day, amen. He delivered me last year from cancer. Praise God. Gave me a home in heaven forever and I can't figure out how to praise him. Oh, my soul, praise him for the 99 good things, amen. amen. Then number two, look upward. Look upward. Look inward, then look upward. Uh, verse seven, <clears throat> deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Now he's underwater here. David is underwater. He's drowning, amen. Verse eight, Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. The other day we were in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and they told about a, one of the most infamous shipwrecks that ever happened. There was a, there was a captain coming in, and uh, he said, they said that he, uh, he told his assistant, we, we missed the uh, lighthouses. We, they don't know, didn't know exactly where they were. And he said, wake me up at 3 a.m. We're going to drop anchor and wait for the day if we don't know where we are. <clears throat> and the assistant thought he knew more than the captain. And he kept sailing. He didn't wake the captain up. At 3.30, they struck a sharp rock and it ripped the bow open. And uh, that's where all the women and the children were and it immediately drowned the women and the children and when they heard about it on land they they started the rescue started the rescue started and uh that's where david did he he is he is like a soldier uh he is like a a, a sailor that is drowning in us in the worst storm of his life uh i think it was um one of the old commentaries said psalm 61 verse 2 David said, uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. He said, that is like a drowning sailor. And he's asking for help. He's asking for somebody to take him to that rock that is far above the raging storm. Amen. That is Jesus. Uh, Spurgeon said, I've learned to kiss the wave that slammed me against the rock of ages. Sometimes we are... We are so busy in the ministry, we can't find God. We get so busy, so cold sometimes, we cannot find him. And sometimes it's the storm that we dread the most that slams us back into the rock of ages, back into his presence. Psalm 1611 says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. When we can get in his presence, we are filled with joy, amen? Sometimes we're so busy looking at all the bad things. The other day, a couple of years ago, it was August in, in Georgia. It was almost 100 degrees. The steam was coming up off 
of the road. And our treadmill broke. My wife said, would you walk down the road with me? And I said, behind her back, no. And, but then to her face, I said, yes, honey. Yes, dear, I was an obedient husband. And we started walking and we went, there's a, a chicken house with 80,000 chickens in it. And we walked past that in that heat and the steam, the wind was blowing right in our face. And then somebody was fertilizing the field with the stuff out of that chicken house. And it was blowing right in our face. And then we walked by a cow pasture and the steam was coming up out of the cow pasture and it was blowing right in our face. Then we walked by a dog kennel and, uh, and then it got worse. We walked down the hill, down in the valley. In the left lane was a dead armadillo with buzzards feasting on it. And they politely flew away to let us pass by. Then they came back. We got to the top of the next hill and I said, what is making it smell so good right here? I'm not leaving, right here. And my wife looked around and said, my cousin Janice has planted roses. And I thought, I, I'm not going back down, that, down this hill. I'm staying right here to smell the roses. It made the song, you gotta stop and smell the roses. Amen. Gave it a new meaning. You're gonna find the road to heaven is a rough and rocky road if you don't stop and smell the rose Amen. every now and then. And the next day it got worse. The dog followed us, the neighbor's dog. And all of a sudden my wife says, Ranger, no, and she's hollering at the dog. I thought, now what could Ranger be doing that's making my, do my wife holler at, and go into shock? Ranger was rolling on the dead armadillo. <laughs> we were running up the hill to smell the rose and he wanted to roll around on the dead armadillo. And you can, you can roll around in your, in your heartaches and all the stink of life yeah. and sometimes your ministry stinks. Sometimes your family stinks. Sometimes your sister stinks. Uh, sometimes your job stinks. Amen? Amen? But you can run up the hill and spend time with the rose. Amen? Smelling that rose. Which one? Sometimes we find ourselves rolling around on the dead armadillo instead of smelling the rose. Look up. The psalmist is saying, look up. There's help. His loving kindness. He'll command his loving kindness. I got to church this morning. They said, hey, we got coffee in here. Praise God. I was, I've been praising God all day long for that cup of coffee. Amen. That was the loving kindness of God. That cup of coffee, the food you served here and all the kind words you said, that was the loving kindness of God. We can count, start counting the loving kindness of God. The other day there was a pastor that told this story and early in his ministry, the church that he was at tried to, they just tried to run him out of town. And really, it was the worst trial of his life. He's probably in his 80s now. But he said the worst trial. He still remembers how bad it was. And a lady, he was about 30 years old. One of the ladies in the church was about 75. She said, preacher, I want to take you out to eat. Then I want you to come to my apartment and I got something to show you. He said, well, I guess since I'm 30 and she's 75, uh, I'm okay with this. But anyway... He said, uh, they got to her apartment and she said, no, don't sit down. I want to show you this picture. And it was a picture of Daniel in the lion's den. And she said, what do you see? What do you see? And he said, well, I see a lion. I see bones. I see another lion. No, what do you see? Keep looking. I see another lion over there, another lion over there. And she pointed. She said, look over here, preacher. And said, 
It was a picture of Daniel laying on his back, looking up with his eyes open. He's looking at one, one thin ray of light. He's looking up. He's not looking at the lions. He's not looking at the bones. He's looking up at that ray of light. And the psalmist there is telling his soul, you've got to look up. Help is on the way. There's a hand reaching down. Look up and see his face. When you see his face, it's going to heal your countenance. It's going to heal your countenance. Look inward and bless the Lord. Look upward and seek the Lord. Then look onward. He said in verse, uh, verse 11, hope thou in God. So you've got to look onward. You've got to look past where you are today. Look past where you are today. There was, uh, back in the 1800s, there was a, a, a famous painting that was in a lot of the homes in England. And it was, the, it was by uh, G.F. Watts. And it was a picture of a lady sitting on the globe. And her name was Hope. And it was a dark, dark, gloomy atmosphere over the whole earth. It was dark. But she had no idea it was dark because her eyes were bandaged. She couldn't see the gloom and the doom. She wasn't watching CNN. And uh, she, was, she had a harp and her, her harp, H-A-R-P, all the strings but one were broken on her harp. And she reaches her skillful fingers toward that one note and determines to fill the world with melody, the melody of hope. Amen? There is hope. There is hope. There was a lady, she was a famous singer, and she, we, we heard her testimony how she, her husband left her for a, her best friend, and then she got a disease where she couldn't sing for over a decade. But she said, I know how to go into survival mode. I know how to go into survival mode because when she was a little, little girl, three years old, her daddy would try to kill her mother, drag her mother in the living room, uh, and they thought she was dead many times. He tried to drown her. And uh, the little kids would have to run out into the snow, barefooted, in the cold, to escape their dad. And uh, she said this is what she does. She tells herself to get into survival mode. It's a, it's, a, it's a mode of hope. She says, number one, it's not as bad as it seems. Number two, there's a better day tomorrow. She's looking onward. Number three, time will change things. Number four, always look forward, look ahead. Number five, it will get better, and it always does. Number six, life comes in waves. And if you live long enough, you know there's waves that come over you. Uh, back about 20 years ago, we lost our uh, Dale's father. Actually, she had a, a, a miscarriage. Her uncle died. Her dad died. Her mother had open heart surgery the next month after her dad died. My dad died. Her mother had two knee surgeries, knee operations. All this happened just right together. It was like a wave. But we got through it. We didn't think we were going to get through it. Then about three years ago, my brother died. Her mother died. All in about five months, an uncle, two uncles died. A preacher friend died. Then another preacher. Then we counted up about 14, 14 friends, loved ones, family that died in a wave. I mean, it was a wave, amen? But it gets better. It gets better. There's hope. 
Uh, there's hope for the saints. The curse of death will be gone. The curse of death Amen. will be taken away. There was a man driving in his truck with his little grandson and a bee flew in and the little grandson was horrified. He was scared of that bee, scared of getting stung and that grandpa grabbed that bee and held it in his hand and then he let it go. And the little boy got scared again. He said, it's okay, son. That, that bee only has one stinger and I've got it in my hand. I took the sting out of, out of that bee. He said, it might aggravate you, but it can't sting you. And the curse of death is gone for the Christian. Amen. There's hope. Amen. There's hope. We have hope. We're going to live. We're going to see our family again. If they're saved, you're saved. We'll see them again. And nobody will be crazy in heaven. That one crazy family member, <clears throat> they'll be in their right mind. They won't be cray-cray anymore. No more crazy people. No more curse of death. No more war. The curse of the ground will be taken away. The weeds and the thorns. No more roundup. The curse, the animal kingdom. The lion shall lay down with the lamb. Right now you don't want to go and try to pet a 23 foot long sea croc. It might not work out too good. Amen. There's a curse. You might not want to go pet some snakes. But in that day, the child shall play with snakes. Amen. The curse will be taken away. All those curses will be taken away. There's hope. And then there's hope for the sinner. The old rugged cross made a difference. It'll make a difference in a sinner and turn a sinner into a saint, turn a drunkard into a dad. We heard a man last night, he got up in the middle of the banquet. They were testifying about how they loved their wives. And I think she poked him or something because he jumped up. And he said, he said, I remember, and he walked over to the place. 25 years ago, I was a drunkard in and out of jail. And he said, right here in this spot, this used to be the auditorium. He said, right here in this spot, I got saved. Amen. And been in church. He said, I hadn't drank a drop ever since. That's the old rugged cross. Amen. It'll make a sinner into a saint, a drunkard into a dad, a harlot into a housewife. That's how powerful the gospel is. Amen. Amen. I'll read this little words to this song. I didn't know the words, but right before my surgery, there's a pastor got up and he had just had surgery and he, and he, and he sang this song. As we travel through the desert, storms beset us by the way. But beyond the river Jordan lies a field of endless day. Farther on, still go farther. Count the milestones one by one. Jesus will forsake thee never. It is better farther on. Oh, my brother, are you weary? Of the roughness of the way. Does your strength begin to fail you? And your vigor to decay? Farther on, still go farther. Count the milestones one by one. Jesus will forsake you never. It is better farther on. Go a little bit farther. Look ahead. Look inward. And tell your soul, bless the Lord. Look upward and seek his face. 
and look onward and know that it is better farther on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your mercy, and for, uh, this wonderful church and our friends. Pray you'd bless, uh, continue to bless, and put your armor about every person in this place, your shield in Jesus' name. Amen.